If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. What is the truth behind COVID? Will we ever know? Dr. Mark Siegel, welcome. You recently had an interview with Dr. Robert Redfield from the CDC, and it was a doozy, and he said a lot. Mark, hello. Hi, Bill. Great to be with you today. You uncovered what I think is where Redfield's mind is today, and this is, it's multifaceted, but I want to cover today three different areas. Number one, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Number two, the Chinese Communist Party. And number three, the temptation on behalf of scientists in a laboratory. So here we go. Here is Redfield when you asked him about science. It just seemed like a lot of people wanted to squelch any idea that there was another hypothesis. And I think that's what I find the most disappointing, because I would expect that from politicians. I would expect that from governments. I would never expect that for the scientific community. And yet, what we witnessed was the scientific community went on heavy to try to stop any open debate about the origin of this virus. And I find that just very, very sad, very disconcerting, and very anti-science. Now, doctor, when you heard that answer, explain that to us. To what is he referring He's referring to the idea, Bill, that when you have a hypothesis about what might have occurred, you should actually spend a lot of time trying to prove that you are wrong because it's only a hypothesis. And so you look for evidence for and against. And what he was talking about specifically is that people seem to have an incentive for wanting it to be natural origin. Now, why would that be? Well, it's because of something he discussed later and we're going to talk about It's the idea that a lot of manipulations were going on in labs around the world, in the United States, in China, by some of the same people that were insisting that this was natural origin. They don't want it to be from a lab. Why? Because they were working in the lab. Well, Peter Daszak was one of the forces of, he's a a noted virologist and zoonologist. He was one of those forces behind this letter, uh, which, which Redfield got into, of 27 scientists that was published in Lancet in February of 2020, insisting that this was a natural origin. But where was the intermediary creature? We think it came from a bat, but how did it get to a human? And why did it suddenly start exploding human to human? And Redfield also said that he's never seen anything like that before. Usually, adaptation to the human host takes a while. What you said was prove where you are wrong. How important is that in science when it comes to a pandemic? Well, it's, the only way you can get to the origin of something is, is, to, is to actually go through various possibilities. And we, we found out more and more that lab leaks are extremely common. And we believe that there are safety issues at labs in China. So why wouldn't that be on the table from the beginning? Here is Redfield on the Chinese Communist Party. I think the whole world would have benefited if um, 
the experts from CDC had gone in. Um, and I think the other thing that's very bothersome to me is that the Chinese government just didn't accept the opportunity for us to work together uh, and resolve this and, and develop a plan because we're working together on a lot of things. We, you know, our CDC in Beijing and CDC Beijing, China, we're working together on a lot of things. And so why were we excluded from being able to work on this? It's very bothersome. He apparently had a good relationship with the Chinese government, or so he thought. How did that go so wrong, do you believe? Well, he had a partner in China called Dr. George Gao, and I asked him a lot about Gao. Gao was the head of the CDC in China. And he he based a lot on that relationship, but he notes in retrospect, well, he wasn't allowed boots on the ground. And I asked him a lot about that. And he said that was very strange. He had to make a formal application. He had to go through the president of the United States. He got a lot of assurances and yet he never had boots on the ground. And in retrospect, he thinks it was a smokescreen, most likely. What does that mean? It means that if he had been able to get into the Wuhan Institute of Virology right at the beginning in January, he might have been able to rule it in or rule it out as a cause of the pandemic, yeah. the coming pandemic. When did that raise a red flag very early? I think it did. And, and we talked about it then. You and I talked about it then. I think it was a big red flag. And I, I think it's part of the suppression and the way the Chinese Communist Party handled the, handled the SARS outbreak. They have a pattern of that kind of response that it puts the world at great risk. Now, Tony Fauci has told me that one of the reasons we put resources into Wuhan is to try to overcome that because the, the Chinese government was so uh, suppressing of information back in 2003 with SARS. Looks to me like that backfired. There wasn't the sharing of information here that we had hoped for and that we need in, with an outbreak. What I did not realize, and I learned through the Vanity Fair piece that's 40 pages long, I find it very interesting, that there was only this type of science work done in labs in three places in the world. One of them was in Galveston, Texas, one was in North Carolina, and one was in Wuhan, China. So this is now January of 2020, and the Chinese are not cooperating with Redfield. Is that correct? Yeah, they, they pretended to cooperate, but they really weren't. And to the point you just made bringing up North Carolina, I have to tell you that the lab in North Carolina is actually conducting research in coordination with Wuhan and, and with the Wuhan Institute of Virology and with Dr. Shi Zhang Li, who, who works on bat coronaviruses. So there's a, there's a small group. And one of the things that Redfield said, and I was surprised by this, he's not placing the blame on China. He's place, placing the blame on the scientific community that includes China because of that kind of collaborative work, which is not necessarily as transparent as it should be. Mm. Speaking of scientists, here's another clip from your interview with Dr. Robert Redfield on scientists having technology at their fingertips. And I do think, unfortunately, what we see is there's a large group of scientists that see this technology at their fingertips and they want to do it. And there's an arrogance about it that nothing, nothing can go wrong. Uh, it may be, in fact, that unfortunately that's not true anymore, that something did go wrong. Uh, not intentional. I find that to be a powerful statement. Do you? For me, that was the heart of the interview. I, I agree with you. I, I, that blew me away, that comment, because it's such a harbinger of the future, too. It's like there's two universes. One is what nature does, where 
you know, you might see a virus emerging from nature. You, you, it could be a risk to us. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's protected by a species barrier. Maybe it never becomes something that affects humans. And then we're busy in the lab trying to test the potential of these viruses. And a warning from Dr. Redfield, what is your lab up to? How much safety is there? And what is your goal? What is your purpose of doing this? Because it's putting us all at risk. So he's saying that when Dr. Fauci, and he said this very clearly, when Dr. Fauci sticks to the nature theory, he, he called it like, like a scientist having a bone. They stick to the bone they have. He says he's thinking, you know, well, but there's a whole nother possibility here that we're in a different framework than we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because of this other research we have going on, where that's a distinct possibility to cause a pandemic. Mm. He says there's an arrogance about it, that nothing can go wrong. Very interesting. You're listening to Hammer Time with Dr. Mark Siegel. It continues after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals, to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Back with Dr. Mark Siegel on Hammer Time. What is the truth behind COVID? Mark, you spent a long time with Robert Redfield, several hours on this last trip and conversation. What, what was for you as a doctor, as an author who's written books about pandemics for 15 years, what did you learn from him that probably surprised you? Well, I was actually surprised at how humble he was and how he, he didn't seem to be giving into the arrogance that he talked about there. I was surprised at his naivete uh, going into this situation. I, I, I've been surprised at that over the months that I've known him and have interviewed him before on the radio. But he's, he's someone that was too trusting in this situation. And he's looking back in retrospect. And he said, look, I was in the arena. He, he, he's a huge fan of Theodore Roosevelt. He was in the arena, but he has deep regrets that he didn't predict early on just how uh, tr easily transmissible this virus is and how it spreads asymptomatically. Because then he said he would have done an enormous testing campaign. Called a He would have called it a Manhattan Project of testing, not just a Manhattan Project to get us a vaccine. Deep regrets about that. But overall, he believes that the policies of the CDC did help to contain the pandemic and we would have ended up being a lot worse off. So I think he's a person of quiet confidence. I think he was humbled by this, enormously humbled by this. 
And I think he's learned from this that we should be very, very hesitant to be manipulating viruses. He thinks it came from a lab, Bill. He thinks it came from a lab. Finally, doctor, do you have a conclusion today as to what is the truth behind COVID? I think there's an accumulation of evidence here that points to the lab. I think that the fact that the virus went human to human so easily, the fact that we haven't found an intermediary creature, the fact that the structure of it is slightly different than it should be, the way it spreads asymptomatically, more and more evidence, the fact that that there were conflicts of interest of the people involved, the issues of gain of function research going on around the world, the fact that we have found more and more lab leaks that we didn't know about, all of this points to the lab as a, as a likely source, I'd say much more likely than nature. And I think that if that's true, it would be really important for that to be admitted so that going forward, we could put greater safety measures in place so that it doesn't happen again. We need a worldwide response to this. And one thing Redfield said probably needs to be emphasized, Bill. It's not the traditional historical organizations that should be doing it. It's not just the World Health Organization who failed miserably in this. It's got to be a new continuum of people, not just scientists, not just virologists, who can get a safety situation in place that the world actually adheres to. Obviously, that, that too sounds a little naive because you have to get the Chinese Communist Party to go along with it. But let's face it, the whole world was put at terrible risk here, and many, many people died. Oh. And finally, do you think we'll ever know? I think, that the, I think that China has a lot at stake here to make sure that we don't know. And I'm hoping that we can overcome that. I, I am still optimistic we can find out the truth. More and more, I think we kind of know the truth, but we've got to prove it. Thank you, Doctor. Mark Siegel, terrific. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you, Bill. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.